everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom Reviews, by listener request, the reality TV competition Instant Hotel. This hotel appears so fast you won't believe it. Boom! There's a hotel there. It's quite a hotel. It's water. <laughs> Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm excellent. I like that. Did you have a happy fourth? It was it was pretty quiet. It was pretty quiet. Oh. Uh, I do I do have to say though I didn't know uh, toast. Uh, it seems like our animals develop this ability or this sense late in life, but toast did not like the fireworks. Toast is my cat. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, we had a dog, Moxie, who right also did not care for the fireworks. No, she didn't. And she chewed up every doorway in the house to let me know. Yeah, it was always the the doors that came in for the punishment, isn't it? Yeah, the scratching and, you know, like, I, I don't know. I feel like she was trying to scratch her way out of hell, but she really couldn't find the door. I always say that uh, July 5th is a national holiday for house cats. Uh, because it's as far as you can get from the next July 4th. <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty philosophical, it's you know? their day of celebration, because our cats also hate the fireworks, although they handle them better oh, than that usual. that right? And I took Leo, uh, our three-year-old, to his first fireworks this July 4th, and it was just one of those magical parenting moments where you're making him really happy, and it's just your joy, and those don't come along quite as often as uh, the Hallmark Channel might make it out to be, but when they do come along, they sure make up for a lot of tantrums and uh, smelly diapers and all that. But he knew they were coming, right? Because he oh, was talking Lord, about Oh, Lord, did them. he ever. He's been talking every night um, at bedtime for months. It would be part of the routine. Are there fireworks tonight? No. July 4th is fireworks. Is it July 4th? No, for months. And then finally it was July 4th. And then what happened for him on July 5th? Uh, uh, you know, he was satisfied. I thought that the questions would just continue and we'd have another 364 days of this, but it seems that he was uh, satisfied for now with the fireworks. Well, isn't that lovely? Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for them to come here and see what New Hampshire has to offer. Yes. Tell the listeners some of the things you have in store for Leo and Eve, my two little children. <laughs> well, I have, I forget what they're called, Roddy Horse or something like that. They're very sturdy. They're bouncy. They're like, uh, well, they used to have balls that Matt and Merrick had, a hoppity hop. They're called a roadies, R-O-D-Y, roadie. roadie horses. Roadie horse. There you go. Well, I I had the horse part right. Yeah, well, they are super cute, and I understand that you have acquired one for each of the kids. Yes, because you have to have two. You Everybody has to have their own. Well, it was hard to pick a color, but I picked two. <laughs> what colors did you pick? Turquoise, because I know Anna likes turquoise. 
Anna is my wife, who will not be bouncing on the horses, but okay. She might be. I'm not sure. Oh, I, I think I got a purple one. So I tried to be uh, politically correct as far as not picking blue and pink, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's but best. But the pink was very pretty. Well, it always is. And you know who loves pink is Leo. Leo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So. But... I think they'll be happy with these choices and then they can, they can, we'll blow them up and they'll play with them and then we'll deflate them and send them home to your house. So oh, they can that play is with so them. nice, mom. And let me tell you, listeners, this is just a taste of the child hospitality that mom has in store. So it's going to be quite a trip for them. You're really looking to put Oklahoma where my in-laws live to shame, aren't you? Well, a little bit, I can, a little bit. Don't tell anybody. Well, I hope our listeners from Oklahoma aren't offended. It's all in friendly, competitive spirit. Most definitely. Most definitely. It's, but, you know, it's a difficult situation because usually um, the wife's side of the family gets a little more uh, attention, if you will, a little more playtime because the men are not involved in this, you know, too much. Involved in, oh, you know, let's plan a trip to here. Let's go, let's go see my parents, or let's whatever. The men are just not that involved. Huh, that's an interesting observation. Well, how how many times have you been to Oklahoma? Three million times. How many times have you been here? Once with Leo, never with Eve. Yeah, well, that's because for a while, Mom, it was it was like Transylvania out there. Do we need to get into the reasons I haven't been for a while? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was some illness and falling down the stairs and such. Well, that wasn't uh, the problem, gosh, but I think gosh. we're going to get pretty deep into family dirty laundry if we go too far. But that we are going to New Hampshire all is well. See you at Fun Spot. So I don't think you should generalize uh, across my entire gender just based on my behavior of late. Oh, no, it isn't just you. I just think men are not that involved or interested in, I, I just don't think they're interested in traveling with the children. Hmm. I think it's a pain in the ass well, and you're out of your routine and... yeah. All right. Well, we'll be there soon. We're looking forward to that. Uh, it's time now, Mom, for a new segment. It's called Things oh. Mom Got Wrong. You like oh, this one? Oh, my God. This could take up the whole time. We got a message from uh, Michelle G. via Twitter, who listened to our uh, last podcast, uh, in which Mom spoke about uh, a knitting store, right, Mom? Yarn store? Oh, Webs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom mentioned Webs in Northampton, uh, which is an actual store that exists, but she said that Northampton is near Boston. And I took her at her word, but Michelle G. via Twitter writes in to say that Northampton is, is a great town, uh, but it is not, for the record, near Boston. Right. Which, how far is it? You know, it's like, it was like an hour and 45 minutes, I think. Which, you know, here we really don't bat an eye at. That's right. And you replied, you said as much in your reply to her, which I thought was very funny. Um, When you live in New Hampshire, a two-hour drive is on the very edge of close, which is true because, I mean, anything that took less than an hour to get to felt like it was on next door. Um, Right. So, (laughs) 
yes. the frames of reference. It is. That is exactly it. Because I can remember one time we went to see uh, Ray Romano in Concord. Yeah. And he said on his way from the airport, he thought, yeah, this will just take a little hop, a step, and a jump. He said, but your exits, <laughs> meaning our exits, yeah. are miles apart. <laughs> on the he interstate. I, yeah. Yeah. He, he said he, he was just very taken aback at how far apart they were. I rem- it's funny. I remember that uh, going to that Ray Romano show, and I remember that joke because it was, I think, the only joke in that show that you and I hadn't heard a hundred times before. Um, yeah, but uh, and it wasn't a joke. I do- <laughs> yeah, well, you get going up ninety one in Vermont, and you can sometimes feel like you've departed from all civilization. They're so yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it's a lifestyle. I- people love when we chat about local trivia. So this has been Things That Mom Got Wrong. If you have something else that Mom got wrong on the podcast, please send it in to... Keep it to yourself. ...popmom at ological.net. <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair. Oh? Why not? Well, you know, then then I would like people to write in when you say things like, Happy Thanksgiving! Well... <laughs> Which still cracks me up! <laughs> What you said. Well, I thought you might say that wasn't fair. So uh, I have uh, something that I got wrong in a manner of speaking. Or I'd like to revise my comments because we reviewed Spin the Wheel on our last podcast and panned it by and large, especially you. And I'm hooked on it now. I'm sorry, Spin the Wheel. I love you. Dax, you're great. Yeah, I'm hooked. Wait, wait. Can I say an aside before you go on? Sure. Remember when you used to sing the song, Spin the Wheel? Do you remember? <laughs> you mean the Wheel of Fortune song? Well, no. It was, it went, spin, spin, spin the wheel. And then, it, I don't know the rest of the words, but do you remember that? This was a song I made up? Yes. I do not remember this. Spin, well, okay. spin, spin the wheel. Was it like, did I get it from somewhere or I just made it no. out of whole cloth? It was your own thing because it was your own game. It was spin, spin, spin the wheel. Oh, it was my own game that I invented, as I often yes. did as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hatched hundreds of game show concepts as a little boy. Um, you know, as kids do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all of them. Yeah. Well, no, I do not remember that. So, I, from birth, then I was wired to love spin the wheel, and you know, I have to say, I don't love it. Um, I am hooked on it, and I do appreciate it a little more. All the criticisms that I voiced with you in the last show still hold, except for Dax. I have to go a little gentler on Dax after seeing him in another episode. Uh, but the wheel is so beautiful, and I understand the um, cruel psychodrama of the show much better. Oh, I'm not buying into that. Did you see the second episode? No, I hated it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But Ma, this lady lost $1.1 million because her daughter took the first bailout offer. Oh, my God. She had this magical run to finish up the show with the ball just teetering on the edge of disaster and then rolling down into big money. And she built up a bank of $1.1 million with her last four spins. And then her daughter comes out sobbing. And said, I took the first deal. So she was just a dead woman walking the whole time and didn't know it. 
And you enjoy that? Well, it's no. like we said, it is cruel. Um, and uh, the watching them go through this sausage factory of the production is, like I said, dehumanizing. But I have to say, Mom, I kind of loved it. I just the sheer... And you know what? You know what helped soften the cruelty of it is um, Dax really managed the moment quite nicely. He was kind of sappy, but um, he softened the blow for them, and they walked out laughing and happy. And she said, "Well, I just I had the time of my life, and we get forty thousand dollars. So what?" But um, I also <laughs> I do love the fact that. For the rest of her life, this uh, young woman is going to have to live with the fact that she threw away a million dollars without knowing it, of course. But Well, doesn't that just fill me with glee? <laughs> but <laughs> really what I love about it is just the wheel and the production design. So I just wanted to, I for two weeks, I've been waiting to come back and and say, hey, give it give it a try, because I feel like I was too hard on it. And especially on Dax. You know, it's tough, Mom. I can critique hosts, as I always have, and, you know, sort of take apart their performance for people. But it's hard for me to criticize, um, especially early on in a show, because I've now that I have been there and I have been. I mean, we went from like zero to 60 in just a couple weeks on in putting this AV Club TV show together. And I'm. Um, legally constrained from getting into the details of it, but it was madness. And I suddenly I was the face of this brand and this show, and I'm out there on my own, and I have to represent the whole production that's behind me. It takes a little while to find your feet in that situation. And um, so I, I really find well, it... Well, that was a totally unique show, for one. Two... I want you to hit a game show with, with the with the wheels running because. Well, I, I need to. I need to feel it. I need to feel it that you're here. <laughs> I'm here. We're in this together. We're well, loving this. I was. I mean, let's make no mistake. I think I did on our Spin the Wheel podcast. But I just wanted to say, after watching Dax Shepard host a little more, I think he does a good job. Yeah, but no, I'm going to come at it with with guns blazing always. Okay. Don't let me down. Don't leave me in the lurch here. Hell no. I'm going to still continue to um, disagree with you. All right. Well, I loved last week's episode and I hate, or I loved the second episode and I hate that there wasn't an episode last week. I was really jonesing for it. Well, and you've said sometimes they don't play the first episode first. No, they they shoot them all and then they determine the order they're going to air them in. Yeah. Yeah. They're all standalone. Yeah. Uh, I certainly haven't well, gone back to Card Sharks, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're not, you haven't completely lost it. No, this is a, this really is a particular case where I think that, again, I stand by everything that we said, but uh, there was more to the okay. show. And again, okay. this is not a brilliant show. It's a summer game show, and I'm judging it on yeah. that on that curve, yeah. so to speak. Okay. All right. That is that is a very fair assessment. Fair. Okay. There. Good. Thank God. No. There's a new new episode this week. Oof, I got to see that wheel spin some more. It's just the you best have to wheel. Watch some some of. No. <laughs> it's the best wheel. I wish you could. I wish you could remember your song. That would be so cute. Spin. 
spin, spin the wheel. It doesn't ring a bell. It's No, maybe gone. if you go home and take your pants off and sing it. <laughs> yeah. What I, what I mean by, I'm sorry. You should explain Yeah, you that. did a lot of your game shows in your underpants because you were three. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for completing that picture. Yeah. Well, I did want to, yeah, I wanted to do that. Yeah. Flush it out a little, so to speak. Shall we move on to our review for the week? All right. This is going to be just as confusing a conversation, I think, though. (laughs) Well, we'll see. The topic for this week's podcast, by the way, was suggested by Pop Mom listener Beth via Twitter. Thank you, Beth. We're talking about Instant Hotel. Originally produced for Australia's Seven Network and now available to stream stateside, Instant Hotel is a reality competition for the Airbnb era. In the recently released second season, four teams of two compete. The teams have all gussied up their homes to make them suitable for visiting tourists, and in each episode, one home is featured as the week's Instant Hotel, which means that the other three teams come for an overnight stay. Interior design experts Juliet Ashworth and Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen serve as the hosts. Their scores are combined with the scores determined by the teams themselves after their stays to determine the season's ultimate winner. Who created the best instant hotel? That's what we try to find out. Here's a clip. Our bedroom. We got the good room. We did. We did. So we were really happy, like we didn't have to find anyone. We got the master bedroom. Thanks, Jean. Thanks, Sharon. Beautiful. But is it a short-lived victory for Captain Sniffy? Hang on. So... You know what? What? You know, before when I was in here, I missed something. There's no bathroom. No bathroom. No ensuite. No ensuite. Well, hang on a minute. You need to normally go to the bathroom a few times every evening. A few, yeah. That's okay. We'll have to share a bathroom. Not not with those fellas at the front there. Yeah. That's the only upstairs bathroom. Otherwise, oh, you have to go on. downstairs. I don't want to get near the spa and those guys. Can we have a look at the bathroom? Let's no, see it's that. A separate, no, I want to see it. I want to see the bathroom. We're, we're I want to see it. That was a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> the snifferman. Who goes around into people's bedrooms smelling beds? <laughs> like, and even like confessing it to strangers you don't know. I sniff beds. Instant hotel. Hotel. Instant hotel. <laughs> Instant Hotel is available to stream on Netflix. <laughs> See, you mentioned the Thanksgiving thing, and now I'm going to be, it's going to be all tongue-tied. Anyway, Mom, when it comes to Instant Hotel, are you checking in or checking out? Oh. Oh. I, I, this, here's another show I don't quite understand. And I'm going to give it to this this one fact that I know uh, about Australia is that it was originally a prison colony. And so I assume that everyone that lives there is an offspring of a criminal. And their, st- <laughs> their standards are different. Well, I'm sure the nation of Australia appreciates your painting them with that <laughs> incredibly ill-informed broad brush, but okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, my favorite children's book came from Australia, and I still have a copy of it, and I still love it. And my favorite toy 
came from Australia also when I was a kid, and that was a little koala bear. So I love Australia. Oh, well, that's great. Do you think we can talk to Inst- talk about Instant Hotel here? Because, uh, you know, I'm yeah. on the clock. Okay. Uh, this this was a, I thought Instant Hotel was going to be for people that had 24 hours to turn their home into a an Airbnb. Mm. So I went into it cold without understanding the concept of it. Mm-hmm. And As did I. Then I, so I thought it was kind of dumb. Dumb, you said, or dull? Yeah. Dumb. I didn't, I didn't, I just, it's like these people have a living, they have a, a hotel, and well, it's already established. So now it's just people coming in and saying yay or nay, other other hoteliers coming in and saying yay or nay, and that's the whole thing. There's just, there's no drama, it's very flat, and... I I just didn't quite I didn't grasp it I guess. This is look I'm with you in far in terms of the um, title being rather misleading on a number of fronts. But this is basically a combination between a tourism show and an HGTV interior design show or like a flip it type show, right? Where we except they don't show you anything. It's already done. Right, right. They don't show that you were expecting to see a creative process of this. Yes. Right. And yes. that's that's not what the what the show is. The the quote unquote hotels, and we'll get into that. Uh, but the quote unquote hotels are already done and ready for the competitors. And basically, what happens in a given episode um, is that, and I have seen two episodes uh, now. Did you watch the whole season, Mom? Did you go all the way through? I watched four episodes. Four episodes. So. Okay. In any case, in a given episode, we'll see the hotel and the other teams will arrive and they choose where they're going to sleep. And then they go out and they do some touristy stuff. There's some planned little activities for them. They come back, they sleep overnight. The next morning they have breakfast and then they give the place a score. And we also in there have a couple visits from our uh, hosts, Juliet and Lawrence, although I could have used more of them, especially Lawrence, who was quite charming. It's all pretty low-key, right? It's the kind of thing you put on in the background. You don't have to watch it too closely, yeah, I feel. I agree. I, I I just didn't know where was I supposed to get excited or interested mm. or was I supposed to get into the slight cattiness that went on that was sort of not even really there. Yeah. I just didn't understand what I was supposed to bite at. Well, the cast members are rather uninteresting, aren't they? And the, <laughs> to um, say the least. The editors ended up fixating on this one fella, Gene, who um, was clearly just prompted throughout the tapings to... They just told him, give voice to every minor complaint that you might have. And, hey, do it a dozen times in case we don't catch it the first time, right? And he just said, gotcha, will do. So we, I feel like a lot of the screen time is taken up just listening to this um, 
wealthy senior citizen complain that there's not a bidet, for instance, or um, to uh, sniff the bedding and to... He's very particular. He doesn't seem like much of a traveler since he has to have everything just so. And I think that the producers of the show were quite pleased with with that. Now, that was that season two? Because I watched season one. Ah, oh, jeez. My point is it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it's not like... You watched uh, Face the Nation, and I watched Bugs Bunny. I mean, we saw the same show. We did. I think it's kind of telling that it took us, what, 10 minutes to even realize that? (laughs) Right? True. But, Johnny, listen to me. One of the hotels was all tricked out in Coke memorabilia and 50s things, jukebox this and whatever. And the room, the room had, I think, four beds in it that were basically all in the same room. Oh, Lord. Now, how is that a hotel? Do I want to sleep in the same room as some somebody from somewhere else who I don't know who snores and who maybe wants to get frisky with his partner or, I mean... Yikes. And then here was, and here's my, my number one complaint that I wrote down. Susie says, well, I didn't really like the bedding and I thought that the shower not having any curtains was, uh, you know, a real downer, a real inconvenience. And I gave it, uh, but I gave it an eight. And then Ginny says, Well, I just loved everything about this. It was perfect. It was comfortable. I had a great night's sleep. I thought the accommodations were just perfect, and I gave it an eight. (laughs) People, you need to be doing a little better grading here. So (laughs) your complaint is that the grading system on Instant Hotel lacks integrity. Yes. Well, uh, this is kind of fun because now we can share notes. It's like we've explored different parts of the Instant Hotel realm because on the stuff I watched, there was one um, Instant Hotel that was this beautiful Oceanside penthouse. Big place. Yeah. Uh, Sparkling white, uh, well-appointed, except the theme of the decor was sausage dogs. Honest to God, Mom, it's this its this um, perfectly nice woman and her son, just two regular folks, really, they come across on the on the show. Um, and but the mom is just as obsessed with sausage dogs and just the most horrid little uh, curios she has all over the house. I think the most horrifying was um, a porcelain uh, wiener dog in like a jester's outfit and the oh it's just the ugliest God. thing you've ever seen. And the house is just festooned with this stuff. I enjoyed it just for the watching people encounter these sausage dogs and just basically be like, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> Johnny, I think this is a great idea for the show. Now I think we should travel the United States 
and visit a pickle-themed uh, hotel. And uh, I would love to see a sausage dog hotel, wouldn't you? I see. So you're suggesting a spin-off series, Pop Mom on the Road. Is that basically what you're pitching yes. to me here? Yes. Do you think there are enough weird places like that? In America, yes, I do. Do you? Yes. And and I don't want to stay at a haunted place, though. Well, we have to stay at a haunted place now. Well, I feel like I live in a haunted place. I'm pretty sure because Toast looks up in the corner of the living room a couple times a day, like like uh, somebody's coming out of the ceiling. So I'm pretty sure my house is already haunted. Wow, this really, the conversation really just took a couple of sharp hairpin turns for me. <laughs> um, but in any case, we'll put Pop Mom on the road on the bulletin board. That's not a bad idea. Okay. Because, yeah, I think we could do a good workup on the uh, Sausage Dog Hotel. Wouldn't that be something? Maybe we should ask our listeners if they know of a, a, a weirdy, oh, that's funky good. place. Yeah. You know, they're all over the place, so maybe they could help us out with that. We'll start a list. Just, Or in the meantime, just give us something to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, can you... Um, well, let me tell you what, Mom. Oh, gosh, that, that reminds me. Another thing that somebody uh, sent us on Twitter. I Oh, this wasn't related to the podcast, but I just posted a little clip from an article um, about uh, sort of declining attendance at some of the nation's uh, historical sites, and uh, there was a passage that said um, other iconic destinations also face dwindling attendance. Civil war sites once guaranteed to entrance the young are among them. And I just tweeted that out and said I was never informed there was a guarantee. Like, I'm not so sure about about <laughs> I this. And then Todd G., uh, who I believe is a Pop Mom listener, sent me a link to this place, uh, Civil War Tales. T-A-I-L-S, Diorama Museum. And oh, no. Yes, yes. Um, I'm reading from the website right now. What do it's Gettysburg... It's not cockroaches in, in battle gear, is it? It's not. Here, here we go. What do okay. Gettysburg, Fort Sumter, Ironclads, and cats have in common? Well... It's the Civil War Tales at the Homestead Diorama Museum in Gettysburg. Civil War oh. Tales is full of miniature soldiers we made by hand, so you can see a 3D snapshot from the Civil War. Get a bird's eye view of a battle, or get down to eye level and see what a soldier would have seen. See the soldiers, the horses, the cannons, and the places. And I'll bet you're wondering why our name is Civil War Tales. It's not a typo. We started making soldiers out of modeling clay when we were 11 years old, and we have always loved cats, so the first soldiers were cats in uniform. Now, years oh later... Oh, my God. Yeah, and they've got pictures of these dioramas, and it's just it's typical, like what you would expect a Civil War diorama to look like, except everybody's a cat. Oh my God! This is so right up my alley. Well, this is this is like the first episode of Pop Mom on the Road. I feel like. Oh my good gracious! <laughs> this I, oh my God! I'm in love with this idea. Well, you know, like remember those? That you have a postcard, I think, still on your refrigerator, of the guy that does the kitty cats like in human poses. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, like art, right? It's like paintings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which I love. And I have a whole collection of his postcards. So, wow. This, yeah. Wow. This is like the 3D version of that with a kind of deranged Civil War element to it as well. I don't know if I want to see cats shooting at each other. Well, it's just pretend, you know. Although I do like when Subi and Nipsey smack each other on the head. That's pretty fun. Like a bop, bop, bop? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like it when Toast does that to me, but mostly he does it with his claws out, which I don't enjoy. Yeah, that's not really a bop anymore. No. No, that's a battle. (laughs) Well? I just give him a flick on his backside. You know what a flick? You know, like that with your finger you make? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, wait, what is this place called? Um, Civil War Tales at the Homestead Diorama Museum. Wow, I am just so intrigued. Yeah. So, thank you, Todd G., for that uh, little item via Twitter. Uh, But back to Instant Hotel, if we have anything more to say about it. Well, did you find any... Were you you, um, interested? Were you intrigued? Were you... Uh, attached to it in any way? I mean, was there anything for well, you there? like I said, I I did enjoy Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, um, this sort of flamboyant interior design guru, but you didn't yeah. have him on your season. No, I had a, I had a woman with... Um... You had the same woman. Juliet Ashworth is in both seasons. But, oh, uh... the, oh, but the younger guy with the, with the Z on the end of his name? <laughs> That's right. You had a different... He's gone. Yeah. Well, I don't know what he added. Um, no, I did not find the show terribly engaging, and I'll tell you why. I mean, this goes for a lot of these reality shows, including, like, House Hunters and, and all that kind of stuff on HGTV, but these people aren't in the hotel business at all. Like, if you watch carefully when they're talking about their hopes for these hotels... Uh, okay. The language is all very vague because it's all contrived for the show. These people are not going into business with these hotels. These people saw an ad on Craigslist or somewhere else asking people if they'd be interested in remaking their home for a reality show. And they uh-huh. respond and the producers sift through the applications and then they go to the people you know, who they sign up and they tell them you know, basically what to do and what their story is going to be. But it's all just your basic people with an Airbnb. All these stories of the hotel business and what our life plans are, it's all a contrivance to have this show where people go to each other's houses and make mildly catty remarks about the decor, um, and we get a little tourism uh, footage, right? We get to see them. Well, I feel very duped. Well, I mean, this is what all of reality is like, Mom. Well, but you know what? To me, television is is very serious. I know. Well, well it, but it's a business. Well, you know what? Aren't those Australians very sneaky people? Well, it's not just... <laughs> Again, I feel like we, we need to be careful about painting the Australians with a broad brush, especially since they didn't invent this approach. Like I said, house hunters, all that stuff, it's the same crap. Well, then why are you picking this for us to watch? Well, because I still like to see how they execute their production, and it can still, even though you know that it's fake, it can still tell a fun story. 
Because after well, all, I'm how important... For, I'm waiting for the fun story. Well, part. that may be the trouble with Instant Hotel in particular, yes, yeah, that it uh, is that I just don't really care about these people very much, and I don't need to see them playing golf in the desert and complaining right. about it. I do right. I do wish you had seen the first uh, episode of season two because you would be talking about the flies that were all over people's faces for the entire time. They had the first little on-camera interview at the site. Um, this couple comes in, and the uh, the fella had a couple flies on his face, and I was like, whoops, I guess they didn't have a way to cut around that shot. And then I realized that <laughs> I was going to be watching flies land on people's faces for an hour, and an incredible number of flies. They're just constantly waving them away. So uh, you would have, I don't know if you would have even made it through. Oh, I'm sure I would not have. No, <laughs> that, that would be tough for me I because I'd have to go take a shower, you know. <laughs> you did. <laughs> That's what I felt like, especially because they also talked about um, this. It was this dugout um, in like a mining town um, and it was this dugout home. So it was like in the ground, you know what I mean? Like carved carved out of the ground. And the people were talking about how while they were sleeping, like little picks, um, little pieces of dust and rock would fall on them. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's awful. Uh, Oh, wow. This particular instant hotel did not get high marks. (laughs) How shocking. How shocking. But, you know, as I talk about it, I did learn about yes. this place in the outback of Australia, and it was a, I mean, I, the flies looked pretty horrible, but there were also some shots of this expansive desert view that were um, really striking. So I'm glad I learned about, you know, I'm glad I got to get this glimpse of the Australian outback so that maybe the tourism part of it did appeal to me a little bit in terms of just seeing the 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 setting. But I'm, you know, I'm scraping yeah, you know, to me, you're like the uh, pony in a pile of uh, horse manure at Christmas. Not you, but your thoughts about this. You know, people may not understand our Christmas traditions, Mom, so I'll explain <laughs> that every Christmas morning, Mom would just bring in a wheelbarrow of dung. <laughs> what is this metaphor? I I don't know what to make of it. I'm the pony in a pile of manure at Christmas. Is that what you said? Are you there, Mom? Wait a second. Oh, there you are. There I am. Yeah, sorry. I laughed so hard I hit the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's just, oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) That is not our Christmas tradition. Um, yeah, but explain this metaphor to me. Well, the metaphor is that, um, you know, two kids come down on Christmas morning and there's a big pile of horse manure in the middle of the floor Uh and one of the kids throws a tantrum and starts screaming and yelling and the other kid is yelling and whooping it up and excited and, and, the first kid says, well, what are, you, what are you all excited about? And the second kid says, well, with all this horse manure here, there's got to be a pony in here. 
Wow. I've never heard that joke before. Oh, yes, you have. No, I haven't. Please tell me. Really? Well, it has an air of familiarity uh, to it, sure. But okay. um, yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't, well, I don't think the show is menor. I just think it's pretty bland. Well, uh, it's very bland. And there are, there are many, many other things that are better to watch, such as if we still ran the test signal. Uh, at the end of the day, that would be more interesting. Wow, pretty brutal. That's brutal. I know. I'm sorry. No. That was harsh, but I think it's accurate. I'm going to let it stand. Okay. Well, of course you have to be accurate, but I do think uh, listener Beth, who suggested this topic, is now crying as she listens to this. You're oh. making her cry. Wait, wait. Did she say she liked it or she wanted us to talk No, she about didn't it. actually say whether she liked it or not. And um, I hope people understand that we if you disagree like we're not judging you right? oh no some people no, no no i think you have heard that some people have had their feelings hurt when we don't like their favorite show i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but we all like something different of course of course yeah no i'm just i'm just kidding around and maybe beth hates it who knows in any case she gave us something to talk about and it wow certainly this, did. this conversation went in directions i certainly did not expect um yeah, I'm looking forward to a very poopy Christmas this year. <laughs> well, you don't want a horse, right? No, no. You barely want underwear, so, you know. <laughs> well, I want underwear, just not from you. Right, right. Even though it's expensive and free for me. <laughs> you know what? I've done well for myself in life, Mom, so a pair of underwear is not going to break me. I think we've aired our dirty laundry mm. get it i do get it what is your grade for instant hotel mom i'm gonna give it a solid d all right it's a solid d not a flimsy wavering d mom is putting right. her stamp down hard on this one it's a d for instant hotel do you have a yeah. recommendation for us this week mom um i do have a short little recommendation i'll tell you uh, when when times are desperate and, you know, you just can't stand one more inane thing from Washington and mm. you're upset, I'm going to recommend that everybody take a few minutes and watch Dave Letterman's My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, where he interviews Barack Obama. I'm going to tell you, I slept very well. I felt like somebody is paying attention we're going to be okay. Just stay the course. And uh, well, let's not stay think, the course, but um, you know. Well, keep on maintain living. hope is what you're saying, right. I guess, right? Yeah. You know, live a good life. Uh, and and I think if you if you listen to Barack talk, you'll feel like there are, there is some intelligent life out there, and it's within our reach. Wow, that sounds reassuring. Very reassuring. And and Dave does an excellent job. It's a it's just a just watch it. Just watch it. All right. Well, I, I will. I promise. Do you promise you will? I I am making a promise on the air. Not that it holds any more weight. A promise to my mom should you know hold the same weight whether I'm on the air or not. But I'm making a promise on the air that I will watch this episode of the Letterman Show, which I haven't really gotten. I haven't seen it all. Okay. They're all pretty good, except for one uh 
Kanye? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's Mom's recommendation. Uh, available on Netflix, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. David Letterman interviews Barack Obama. Good recommendation, Mom. You know, you were all worried because yeah. you didn't yeah. have a book. I gather that the books you've been reading lately have uh, not been so great. Oh, but they're I think just terrible. Nothing wrong with a little, you know, a little dollop, a single episode recommendation. That's a great recommendation. Okay. All right. And and I, I, I really felt good after I listened to it. So maybe you will, too. Well, you I feel great everybody. anyway. So I'm just going to feel fantastic after I <laughs> okay. watch this Obama show. There you go. Yep. You can't ask for more than that. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. As always, the question is, what will we talk about? I think next week we should talk about something interesting. Okay, we'll give it a try. Something interesting. Come back next week to join us. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, remember, tell your friends. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.